Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In the book of John chapter 15, there's a verse of the scripture there that I want us to focus on. The Bible says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That simply tells us one thing. That in this new year, the Lord God Almighty is expecting us to develop a relationship that leads to productivity. Okay? He wants us to develop a relationship that leads to productivity. In other words, he says that I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, then you will be able to bear fruit. Which by implications means that if you do not abide in him, there is a very strong probability that you are not going to bear fruit. If you do not abide with the Almighty God this year, it simply means that you are not going to get the results that you are expecting. So the Lord is saying from this verse of the scripture, number one, there is a need for a productive relationship this year. Number two, that there is a need for a fruitful relationship this year. In other words, not every relationship that you engage yourself in, not every person that you are related to, not every person that you walk with will eventually take you to where you are going. There are some relationships that will dry you up. There are some relationships that will waste the resources of God upon your life. There are some relationships that will be, that will cause you to lose the things that you brought into that relationship. So the Lord is expecting number one, a productive relationship. Number two, a fruitful relationship. Number three, a successful relationship. There are relationships that leads to success. There are relationships that leads to failure. There are some relationships that as soon as you come into that particular relationship, everything you lay your hands upon begins to prosper. And there are some relationships, as soon as you begin to come into that relationship, you will begin to see that the things that you brought into that relationship, one by one, those things begin to get away. And the Lord is saying, He wants you to be involved in a productive relationship. He wants you to be involved in a, prayer, involved in a fruitful relationship. And He also wants you to be involved in a successful relationship. This is what the kind, this is, this is, uh, and this is what Jesus is saying in that verse of the scripture, that He wants to have a relationship with you that will cause you to become the person that He wants you to be. And that kind of relationship is what the Lord Almighty purposes for us in this new year. And that's why early in the year, we are making up our minds as individuals, as a family and as a church, to position ourselves to have this kind of relationship with the person who can take us to where we desire to go. Because there is something, there is a, there's a desire in the back of every heart. When you crossed over into the new year, there was something that you were hoping to achieve. There was one place that you wanted to go. Things that you wanted to achieve. For your family, there you had dreams. For yourself, you have an aspiration. For your career, there are things you wanted to you wanted to see come to pass. And the Lord is saying that if you want to have that particular relationship that will take you to where you need to go, consider working with me. Consider establishing a covenant relationship. And this is what has been done in Scripture all through. The Bible tells us, book of Genesis chapter 26. 
Genesis 12, 26. It tells the story of the interaction between a king called Abimelech and one of the sons, you know, and the son of Abraham called Isaac. The Bible tells us that there was a famine in the land. Isaac started thinking of moving to Egypt. The Lord God Almighty told him, don't go anywhere, stay where you are. And Abimelech recognized that the hand of the Almighty God was upon this particular individual. Abimelech knew that something was different about Isaac. That Isaac had a life, had a relationship with God that caused him to prosper, that caused him to become wealthy. And so he wanted to be, and he wanted to tap into that, you know, into that particular anointing. And let's pick up the story from verse number 26. The Bible tells us in verse 26 that then Abimelech came to him from Gerah with uh, Azulhat, one of his friends, and Pekor, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But he said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. And that's so we said, and so we said, let let there be no let there be an oath between us, uh, between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. That you will do us, that you will do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we have done we have done nothing to you but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now blessed of the Lord. So he made a feast, and they ate and drank. Then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. In other words, this king Abimelech recognized that God was with Isaac. He understood that whatever Isaac laid his hands upon to do, because God was in him, he was prospering. He was becoming very strong. And the king wanted to enjoy part of the grace that was upon the life of Abimelech. The king also wanted to enjoy the security that was coming. But at the same time, he was also afraid because Isaac was getting very strong. Isaac was becoming very wealthy. And because he wanted all that security, wanted that, be that benefit, he decided and he sought a relationship, a covenant relationship with Isaac. Okay? Abimelech wanted to enjoy the grace of God and the security of being aligned with God that was upon the life of Isaac. Therefore, he sought and he formed a covenant relationship with Isaac. That is not the only example in scripture. If you come to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 20, 1 Samuel chapter 20, we see, we hear of a very, very interesting relationship between two individuals. A man called Jonathan and David. We all know this guy. Jonathan was the son, was the son of the first king of Israel, of Saul. And the Bible makes us to understand that because of that special relationship that was, that, that, that was in between them, Saul wanted to kill David. Uh, we wanted to kill David. But because he knew that, Saul, that Jonathan, his son, loved David, he made sure that Jonathan was not involved in that particular plan. David had to convince Jonathan what the plan of his father was for him. And as soon as, David, as soon as Jonathan became convinced that his father was planning to kill his friend, David, Jonathan now made a covenant with David, not only to be able to secure that friend, to, 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 to seal their friendship, but also to be able to, to provide a protection for David. Let's pick up the story in verse number 16. The Bible says that so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hands of David's enemy. And Jonathan caused David to swear again, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Now the verse of the scripture highlights the value of covenant relationship. It tells us that when people come into covenant relationship, there are blessings that are associated with it. That verse of the scripture also highlights not just the friendship, but the security and the protection that comes when you are involved in a covenant relationship with somebody. Okay? Now, the term covenants, you've heard me use it a couple of, a couple of times in this, uh, in, 
in this uh, in this message. The term covenant it implies number one. <coughs> That two or more people coming together to, you know, to make a written or a spoken agreement. It's like a contract. You're coming together and you're having a contract or an agreement with somebody. The term, you know, it implies an agreement that sets a stipulation. In other words, we are coming together and we are going to do X, Y, and Z. There is a stipulation that is involved. Number three, it also implies an agreement that sets a predefined benefit and privilege for those who are signing that particular contract. In other words, you are coming together. Two of us are agreeing. We are saying this is what we are going to do. And there is a benefit and there are privileges that we are going to receive because of that particular relationship. Relationship. You know, it defines the benefit, it defines the privileges that are involved between the two individuals. But most importantly, it implies that our agreement has assigned responsibility. In other words, because the two of you are involved in that relationship, you are now that, that particular agreement now defines what you must do in order to remain in that relationship, what you must do in order to be able to benefit from that relationship. That is what a covenant, that is what an agreement looks like. A covenant is therefore a means whereby two or more entities are bound together in a relationship for a specific purpose, with each party's rights, their responsibilities, and their privileges clearly defined. So when you come into an agreement, you know what you are coming into. You know what you stand to benefit. You know what the privilege, uh, you know, that accrues to you as a member, as a party or as a signatory to that particular, uh, to that particular covenant. And not only that, you know that your, you know what your responsibilities are. Okay? Now, there are many examples of covenants in the scriptures. You can begin to name them. There are so many examples in the scripture. But the two examples that we have given, that, that I've given, that I've shared with you this morning, the example of Abimelech and, uh, and Isaac and then Jonathan and David, they are an example of what is called a conditional covenant. A conditional covenant. And what is this conditional covenant? A conditional covenant are those covenants in which co- conditions are set for the recipients to fulfill in order for the covenant to be effective and the benefits enjoy. In other words, it tells you, this is what you must do if you want to enjoy XYZ. These are the things that must take place if these things must come, you know, must be effective in your life. So that is what a conditional, you know, a conditional covenant is. In other words, if this type of covenant guarantees that promises will be fulfilled when the covenant requirements are met. If you do X, Y, Z, I will do X, Y, Z. That's basically what that, what that means. Now, the nature of conditional covenant is that, number one, it involves two people. It is bilateral. I cannot make a covenant with myself. Okay? I have to, there has to be somebody else involved. It is bilateral. It's between two people. Number two, it is sealed by both parties. If I agree, if, we, if two of us come together and we say there's a covenant, and I agree to it and you do not agree to it, that covenant does not exist. Because I'm only telling you what I want to do or what I think should happen, but you have not agreed to it. So number one, it is bilateral. It involves two people. Number two, it is sealed by two parties. Number three, it defines your responsibilities and your privileges. What do you enjoy if you're coming into this relationship? What are the things that are going to benefit you when you come into this relationship? And then finally, it also, it tells you, you know, the benefits that you are going to get, it tells you they are conditional. In other words, it's not automatic. The fact that you sign your name under the dotted line does not mean you're automatically going to get it. It means that you have to do certain things to be able to see it happen. And that is what happens in our relationship with the Almighty God also. But when you get to Genesis chapter 12, the Bible tells us of a different kind of 
covenant. Okay? It tells us of a different kind of covenant. If you read from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you. And I will cause him who cursed you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We all know the story of Abraham. We have all heard about the covenants that God made with Abraham. How God called him and how God was going to make him the blessings to many, many nations. But what I want you to notice in this verse of the scripture is that Abraham did not ask for this covenant. I hope you understand that. Abraham was busy doing what he was doing in his father's house. Then one day God knocked at the door, pop, 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 pop. Abraham, get out of this place, go to another place. Abraham didn't want to, he wasn't planning on living anywhere. He wasn't planning on going anywhere. Okay? So you must understand that this particular covenant that we are reading about in Genesis chapter 12 is number one, unsolicited. Okay? Number two, it was unilateral. God made up his mind that he wanted to do, a, he wanted to do business with Abraham. Abraham did not even know that there was such a, such, a, such a land called Canaan. He did not even know he had the ability to have children at an old age. He had no intention of leaving his father's house. But the Lord God Almighty unilaterally called Abraham out. Number three, it is through the divine sovereign will of the Almighty God. Because he is God, he decided to do it. Okay? It's just like when you own something, it's your own, you can decide to toss it, you can, you can do whatever you want to do with it. Okay? So it is, it was, it was through the sovereign will of God. In other words, this is what, you know, this particular kind of, uh, of covenant is referred to as a unilateral covenant. The one that Isaac and, uh, uh, and, uh, Abimelech had was a conditional covenant. This is a unilateral covenant. And what is a unilateral covenant? A unilateral covenant is a covenant based upon God's power and God's sovereignty without any condition or requirement placed upon the individuals that are invited to come. Except that they have to work with God in faith in order to enter into the relationship. That's all. The only requirement in a unilateral covenant is a requirement of faith. Just accept it by faith. You will notice that all Abraham had to do when God called him was for him to be able to accept that particular uh, condition and walk with God in faith. That's all. He didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to sign any paper. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to follow God in obedience. In other words, a unilateral covenant is initiated by the Almighty God. Okay, number two, a unilateral covenant is, the conditions of a unilateral covenant is determined by the Almighty God. You don't determine it. You don't tell God, okay, yes, I want to serve you, but this is the way we are going to do it. Okay, I want to do it on Sundays between the hours of 10 and 12 p.m. Anything after that is your business. You don't, you don't get to do that. If you want to serve God, you serve Him under His own condition. So number one is your, it is initiated by God. Number two, God sets the condition. Number three, God determines the element of that particular of that uh, of that particular covenant. It is God who ratifies it. Okay. It is God who says, okay, fine, I am not in relationship with you. And that is why when you say, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ, He Himself writes your name in the book of life. You don't write it. Okay? So he is the one that ratifies, he is the one that seals it, and he does it by his own oath. Okay? He is the one that confirms the covenant. It is not you. You sign the paper, you know, it doesn't make any difference. He is the one that determines. And that's why we tell people that it is only God who knows who is saved. Not you. Not because I know how to preach, it doesn't mean it doesn't guarantee anything. 
And that's why we are always going to tell people that there's going to be a surprise on the last day. Because there are a lot of people who are making noise from a pulpit like this who are not even going anywhere. And there are a lot of people that people look at and say, oh, this was a hell, they are bound for hell. They might be the first person in line to get to heaven. It is God that confirms his covenant with each and every one of us. In a unilateral covenant, those who are invited like Abraham to be recipient of that covenant relationship, they are recipient, they are not contributors. They don't contribute anything. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, what did you contribute? What did I contribute? Eh? You didn't do anything. The work was done for you. You were invited to come and participate. You were invited to come and enjoy the blessings of that particular covenant. So in a unilateral covenant, recipients and people who are invited to participate, they are recipients of the grace of God. They are not contributors. Number two, they, are, they accept the conditions of that particular covenant. They do not define it. And that's why you don't define how you are going to work with God. You don't tell God how he should run his business. You don't like him go and create your own world. And then become God there. And then tell people to come and serve you that way. But in this particular world that he created, he sets the rule. So you accept it. You don't define that covenant. You obey. You don't question what it tells you. Okay? You don't tell him, okay, I don't like this particular area. Or I don't like that. You don't. Why are you telling me to jump up? Why are you telling me to go? You don't, you don't ask those kind of questions. You obey. In that particular unilateral covenant, you enjoy whatever he gives you. That You don't complain. And that's why God was really pissed with the children of Israel. When he was telling them, I'm taking you to the promised land. You don't, I mean, you, you, didn't, you didn't wake up one day and say you wanted to go. I am the one who set you free. And as you are going along, I'm giving you food, I'm giving you manna, I'm clothing you, I'm making sure that the things in your body does not go, you know, do not go old. You don't complain. You are supposed to enjoy it. And that is what the Lord is saying in the covenant, in the unilateral covenant. There has to, you enjoy the blessings you don't complain. Now, while these two covenants, the unilateral covenants and the conditional covenant, while they are completely different, they have some similarities. And one of the similarities is that they cannot be changed. Once you enter into a unilateral covenant or you enter into a, uh, a, uh, a conditional covenant, it cannot be changed. Once the covenant is written, it cannot be altered or annulled. Number two, it is based on a relationship. You do not make covenant with people you don't know. There must be one kind of relationship or the other. Even outside of the church, if you are talking about a business, there must be something that connects the two of you together. You want to buy a house, it is the house that is connecting you together. You want to buy a car, it is the car that is connecting you together when you are signing that particular contract. So in a covenant relationship, there is based on relationship. Okay? Covenants are based on relationship. Now, you will notice that, God, that God's covenant throughout all scripture is based on the relationship he has with the people. If you relate with him, he relates with you. And the interesting thing is that God's covenant relationship always starts with an invitation. It always starts with an invitation. Look at that man called Abraham. The Lord God Almighty, before he told him anything, he asked him and invited him to follow him. He invited him to get out of his secure location and go to a place he did not know. And so it starts with an invitation. Number two, it is always followed by an acceptance. God will never force you to do anything. And just like we are going into this particular new year, the Lord is saying, I want you to renew your work with me. I want you to do something different this year. It's an option. He puts it on the table. And if you want to accept, you accept. If you don't want to accept, you don't have to accept. He doesn't put a gun to your face. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, I place before you life and death. He said, choose life. 
So the covenant relationship for welcome to God starts, number one, with an invitation. Number two, it is followed by a willing acceptance. Number three, it requires a walk of faith. If you finally make up your mind that you want to follow God in this new year, if you make up your mind that you want to walk with Him in the way you want to walk with Him, you have to now make up your mind. One of the requirements is that you have to walk by faith. Because you cannot do it any other way. If you are doing it any other way, that means you are not participating in that particular covenant. Number four, it, uh, then when you are when you are walk with him, that is when you now begin to see the blessings accrue, because he told you, say if you do this, I am going to do this for you. If you walk with me, I will make you this. I will make you this. I will make you this. But the relationship must be there first. The invitation is given. You accept the invitation. You walk by faith, and then the blessings begin to come in. You will see that the basic element of God's covenant relationship with his people throughout the Bible is the same. If you look at it, throughout the Bible is the same. You look at the life of Abraham. You look at the life of Isaac. You look at the life of Jacob. You look at the nation of Israel. You look at the life of David. You go through all the patriarchs that the Lord Almighty had a relationship with. It is the same. God, first of all, gives you the invitation. Abraham had the option to accept or, rejo- or reject that invitation. He accepted the invitation and then he continued to walk with God by faith for him to see the blessings of God. You will see the same pattern all through scripture. God extends an invitation. The invitation is accepted, followed by a walk of faith, and then the blessings follow. You cannot get the blessing without, first of all, accepting the invitation. It's not going to happen. You are not going to get the blessing unless you, first of all, walk with him in faith. It's not going to happen. Okay? So we must understand this very basic thing. The pattern has not changed. The pattern is still the same, even up till this very day. And the question this morning is, why am I telling you all this? Why am I telling you all this? Why am I going through the nature of God's covenant relationship if it doesn't change? If God's pattern does not change, why am I spending so much time giving you all this information? I'm telling you this for certain reasons. I tell you number one, I'm telling you because we tend to forget that God's blessings follows a particular process. When God wants to release a blessing into your life, it follows a particular process. And unless you follow that particular process, you will talk about it, but you will not see it. Number two, I'm telling you this because we tend to forget that God's blessing is based on a relationship. God's blessing is based on a relationship. It is relational in nature. In other words, if you have no relationship with the Almighty God, nothing happens. You cannot walk off the street and begin to collect God's blessing. You don't do it to people. Why would God do it? Now, please understand, there is a universal blessing that appears to everybody for being by virtue of living in God's own earth. Okay? And that's why bad people will enjoy the sun. Bad people will enjoy the rain. They will enjoy the universal blessing. But there are some special blessings that are set for people who have a relationship with Him. God's blessings are relational. Number three, I'm telling you this because we tend to forget that God's blessings requires a response. You cannot just sit down and expect things to happen automatically. God expects you to respond. When He asks you something, when He gives a demand, when He gives a command, when He makes a declaration, He expects a response from you. And the way we live every day is the response that we give unto Him. And that is why I'm telling you this, because if you are going to enjoy the blessings of God in this new year that we are in, you must be willing to respond in a way that we attract the blessings of God. And most importantly, I'm telling you this, because as we begin another year, If we hope to benefit from the covenant blessings, we must be ready to enter into that particular relationship. Because that is what will guarantee it. 
That is what will open the door. That is what will cause us to be able to get to where we need to get to. Covenant relationship assures God's blessings. In other words, those who are in a covenant relationship are the ones that are assured the blessings of heaven. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, reading from verse number 5, he says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, there is a benefit that is associated with having a relationship, a covenant relationship with the Almighty God. And those benefits include, number one, the presence and the protection of the Almighty God. Because when you walk with him, he knows that you are his own. He knows that you belong unto him. And he will not allow any evil to come near him. And that's why he tells you that he has inscribed you on the palm of his hand. He can never inscribe you on his hand if he doesn't know you. So, there's a, one of the blessed, the benefit of having that covenant relationship is the presence and the protection of the Almighty God. So that as you walk around this whole year, as you do what you need to do this year, you know that one thing you belong unto Him, and He belongs unto you, and you belong unto Him, and His presence and protection is sure over your life. Number two, the benefit that you have is the benefit of, the benefit of favor and the benefit of honor. And what is that favor? The favor is that the Lord God Almighty looks upon you, that He doesn't give you what you deserve. But it gives you something better. The Bible says, well, you know, for the mercy of the Almighty God, many of us will have been consumed. If the Lord were to register the things that we did just from yesterday, many of us would not be able to stand here. I've told you how we deal, how, how the mothers and the parents in Africa will deal with you. You misbehave, they give you this thing, they call knock on the head. When they give you the knock on the head, many of us have watched Tom and Jerry before, right? If you've ever seen Tom and Jerry before and they knock you on the head, you see what happens, the stars, you start seeing stars. You actually see stars in Africa when the parents in Africa give you a knock on the head. You actually see stars. This is not just Tom and Jerry. Because what happens is that they are giving you what you deserve. But when you are in a covenant relationship with the Almighty God, you don't get what you deserve. You get something better. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, which is the favor of God that He gives to you, He said the, the gift of God is eternal life. None of us deserves it. It is the grace of the Almighty God. And this only happens when you are connected with Him. Not only that, there is, the, there is the benefit of increase and promotion. In other words, when you lay your hands upon something, He prospers it. When you do things that other people are struggling with, the Lord makes a way for you. This is possible because of the fact that the Lord God Almighty has a relationship with you. And that was what happened to Isaac. The Bible says that when everybody was having difficulty farming, when there was farming in the land, Isaac was able to reap. Even in the midst of famine, that is the increase and the promotion that comes with those who are associated with the Almighty God. And that is what the Lord wants to give to His people this year. But it comes by a relationship. Not only that, there is provision and preservation. There is a difference between you having stuff and having preservation. In the sense that the Lord God Almighty begins to release stuff into your life and it preserves it. There are things that there are people who make money but they cannot even account for it. There are people who have a lot of stuff but they cannot even account for the way it's gone. The spirit of the wasters is released into their life. But when you have that relationship with God, there is a provision that is preserved in your life. A harvest that meets harvests. The devourers and the cankerworm are taken away when you have that connection, when you have that connection with the Almighty God. And not only that, He gives you victories and He gives you success. That's why the Bible says that you do not let the book of the Lord depart from you. He said, but meditate upon it day and night because in it you will have good success. In other words, the word of the Almighty God is that when you are with Him, when you walk with Him, when you make a determination to remain with Him, He said He will give you success. So that when you are pursuing it up and down, and that's why the Bible says that so is it is it that that that, that, that it is the, the race is not the one who runs fast or to the people who walk very late, but the idea is it is God that gives the increase. It is God who blesses. 
And the only way he blesses is when you have that relationship with him. And then finally, one of the major blessings of a, of a, relationship, of a covenant relationship is the, relation, is, the, is the blessing of answered prayer. I used to joke when I say that when people are praying and they are praying, my mother, we had this thing that we say in our, in our language. He said that people are shouting towards God. He said, if God doesn't answer, what are you going to do? If you are shouting, God answer, God answer. You can make all that. Noise. If God doesn't want to answer, there's nothing you can do about it. God has made a decision that you want to appeal. Who are you going to appeal to? But the blessings of heaven, the blessings of a covenant relationship is the blessing of answered prayer. That's why he said, when you call upon me, I will hear and I will answer. He gives you that assurance. And it only comes when you have a relationship with him. But those who do not have that relationship, those who do not have that particular kind of covenant, those who are not walking in that particular relationship, what they find is that they are not assured of anything. They are not assured of the presence of the Almighty God in troubled times. They are not assured of the protection of the Almighty God when evil comes. They are not assured of His preservation over their property, over their lives, over their children. They are not assured of divine promotion. And that's why you see that they walk and they walk and they walk and they do not see the result. It's not because you are special. It's not because you know how to do it better. It is the grace of the Almighty God operating in your life. So the people who have no covenant relationship, they have no assurance. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.